welcome, Alien Overlords, to your Secret Invasion podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the Reptiloid who has assumed the visage of Pete. Hello, Pete. To the last stand at the great Nick Fury. Secret Invasion podcast by Fantastic Geek for the Secret Invasion finale, episode six, Home. Is brought to you by Stupid Pills. Do not take them with breakfast. Pete, around the horn we go before we dive into this series finale. Uh, news just in the last couple days. The Emmys indeed have been postponed for the first time ever due to the dual strikes. Pushed out of September and apparently Fox, who has the broadcast rights, uh, is trying to come up with a, uh, a January date vendors had been told that's how this came out that it would not happen in september matt both sides dug in um well really three sides when you think about it the writers guild the actors guild and then the studios uh but obviously two the the two striking um unions at this point um and matt i don't think this portends good things for content that we cover given that something's moved now uh there are heavy rumors that uh dune part two will be pushed into 2024 right now um i'm worried we're not gonna push play on ahsoka next month it is interesting that, you know, increasingly uh, the studios are saying, how in the world can you promote X project without the, the actors? Uh, a smaller scale example of that is the Grand Torino movie, uh, which you and I have seen trailers for the last couple times you've been to the movies. What, Indiana Jones and uh, probably Guardians 3? Um, that has now been pushed back by two weeks. It's going to do a limited release on the original date and then a slightly less limited release the next week, the quote being, uh, and this is almost verbatim from the studio. I don't have it in front of me, but the quote is since we don't have actors to promote it, the people can promote it for us. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, w I wasn't going to go see it anyway. It looks like a great $1 red, uh, red box rental, but, um, I'm not going out there to then go online and say, go see this movie. Yeah, no thanks for that. Matt, this a week where we had two Star Trek podcasts. We had Star Trek Tuesday, where we podcast episode uh, 207, Those Old Scientists, that, of course, the Strange New Worlds, uh, Lower Decks crossover episode. And then uh, we got the regularly scheduled episode. This, of course, after the... Uh, those old scientists episode was let out early because of San Diego Comic-Con, uh, which we will bring you for Star Trek Sunday tomorrow. The first ever musical episode in the almost 57 year history of Star Trek will be the penultimate of uh, season two. Will there be a first ever Fantastic Geek musical podcast? Uh, if by which you mean a podcast about a musical, then sure, we'll <laughs> see if the, we'll see if the space rays hit us 
the same as they hit the Enterprise, uh, I, I would say doubtful. Uh, but Pete, bringing it from Star Trek to Star Wars, uh, out is Justin Simeon, who has been developing the Lando series for literally the last three years. Uh, in uh, is Donald Glover and brother Stephen Glover to write, create, reform, reimagine the Lando series. Pete, the articles were quick to say this is not actually new news. It's just newly found out, but was decided before the strike. Um, so I guess somebody's been sitting on that for a while until, I don't know, the little mouse needed a little good news uh, the week after Bob Iger was biggest Hollywood villain of the summer. Lando, Sando, this is 100% the right move. Uh, the creative forces behind Atlanta, um, this can get weird as heck and it'll all be awesome just have to hope that it happens how long now with this strike these strikes raging that uh you know they'll be able to hold things in place but uh yeah the, this is the best team that you can have writing this show i only hope they get to play with the uh abandoned solo to direction of Han and Chewie, we're going to go see some big-time gangster on Tatooine about a job. Meanwhile, Pete, as we record this, San Diego Comic-Con now well in the rearview mirror. How did Star Wars do? Well, Matt, other than launching uh, a HasLab, Hasbro uh, crowdfunding campaign for the... Uh, Star Wars Rebels and Ahsoka Ghost Ship, which has funded its minimum level. They didn't really get a bounce, but they got a little bounce because this is essentially considered promotion for the show. Hey, here's the big vehicle that's going to be in that for $499. Uh, Marvel, Matt... Star Trek at least managed to, you know, do some promotion without uh, any talent available to them. Maybe it's fitting with this Secret Invasion finale. Nothing happened for Marvel at San Diego Comic-Con of all places. Within the last week, and I must confess, Pete, somebody had snarkily said, oh, this was to take the take the sting off the lousy ending of uh, secret invasion and i was like oh they're just being sour and i was like well if i was in pr i might do this too but pete in the last couple days uh the loki season two poster with that october uh release date there october 6th october for now uh, october for now a if it, if it is not strike impacted b let's be completely serious for a second here and not forget that Jonathan Majors is in that show and the legal situation regarding him and abuse allegations. And his camp says it was the teensy, super thin woman who beat him up and not vice versa. And I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying there are extremes in the versions of the stories here. And a month ago, it was the NYPD is about to arrest her. And I don't believe that has happened. So that is a super live situation if you just look at loki season two as a product and i think that most importantly we want to make sure everybody is 
okay physically, mentally, and so forth. That the, that the woman is all right. That everybody, all of that, that all that, all that needs to get resolved, in my opinion, because I'm not as eager for a product if it rolls up in October and it's yeah, he's also going to court for you know hitting someone or whatever it might be. I'm a little less enthusiastic for my super fun pretend Marvel show. Yeah, and again, will that date put on a poster? Hold. I I just don't know at this point, Matt. The idea that they had before the strike, Loki October, Echo, uh, Disney Plus, first time all at once in November. Um, even the Marvels, which has had this weird promotional tour that now gets even stranger given the end of secret invasion. I, I, it remains to be seen whether these things will actually happen by the dates that have now been announced given these uh, labor difficulties. Well, Pete, one date that will hold for sure is next Saturday, August 5th. We will be talking the secret invasion series wrap. Uh, and of course, before we need to think about any of that, why don't we talk about this episode? Let's evaluate the intel of this episode. Purple scrawl bloodstains speckle the walls at Casa Fury as Priscilla drops her go bag and answers a call from her husband from a darkened alley. She hasn't heard from him on this number in a long time, but he's dialed it a million times and hasn't pressed send. She says he sounds far away and asks if he'll be coming back, which he doesn't answer. He tells her to take care of herself, and they end the call. At not-so-stately New Skrullos, two guards stand in front of the gate and yell in Russian for a slow-moving car to stop before firing into the air and ultimately lighting up the car which they find is empty. A pair of headshots drop the squishy scrolls, and Fury walks by to the title card. Pete, this is a point where between over a minute and a half of credits and over a minute, almost a minute and a half of previously on, we're running high on, uh, on older footage there. Also want to reflect on that very first scene, one that is low on action but high on emotion uh that will be contrasted later in this episode after the credits though we are in london as Rhodey is talking to president ritson uh there's an admiral there who wants to confirm email admiral matt that's <laughs> how her name is called out in these subtitles uh regardless she's there to confirm that this was a russian attack Rhodey notes that uh russian president Vladimov is a bald-faced liar. The attack was an attack on our republic. Indeed, elements of the attack are recapped verbally in this scene, just in case you didn't watch the previously on. Uh, Rhodey wants this admiral to uh, either present evidence that this was a false flag, or instead, if there is no evidence, to present the attack plan uh, to in order to attack Russia. 
They then look at live satellite footage of Russian tanks on the Finland border, on the Ukraine border. Pete, I maybe would have, if I'm in the edit bay uh, a uh. month ago, maybe I would have said, let's just, you know, I mean, hey, a month ago was pre-actor's strike. Maybe get Don Cheadle in there for, you know, a cappuccino and a bottle of water and uh, re-record the line. If not, you could just say, look at this satellite footage of Russian tanks and cut the scene there because yeah. I, I kind of don't, I mean, I don't need a reminder of what's going on in Ukraine. I don't need a reminder of the tense situation in Finland and joining NATO. I don't need a reminder of any of those things in my aliens or, you know, our interesting entertainment show. Anyhow, Pete. Aliens Rudy... are interesting, Matt. Let's not forget. Aliens were confirmed by the government in a congressional hearing this week. Uh, so they, I, I feel like I need to dig deeper into that story. Maybe that's a, a fantastic geek special report. Uh, I don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, I know this Pete Rody hands, the president remarks that, uh, Ritson is to give to the American people surely setting up a scene, Pete, where Ritson kind of pushes back on this, this heavy handedness. I'm sure that scene is going to happen soon, but take us back to new scrollos. Fury finds scrollos. Roll bodies and coughs haggardly as a dosometer reads high radiation. He pops iodine pills and enters the building. Scrody receives a call from Sonia that he has to get the president out of the hospital because Fury's headed straight for him. He maintains he has enough security, but Sonia tells him that Fury's lost it and will take out the president before the bombs start to fall. She hangs up and is revealed to be in the hospital, peering through a window to the secure area. Fury coughs some more as he reaches Gravik and the machine. He asks where everybody is, and Gravik says, locked away. Fury struggles and drops the pills. Gravik offers him a drink instead to the last stand of the great Nick Fury. Scrody and company move the president. Three agents are downed with silenced shots and pulled away by an unseen assailant. And then we have Gravik uh, ask Fury if he ever thought his last 20 minutes would be spent with him there. The tremors are getting worse as the effects of the radiation are getting closer to his heart. That's the real worry. Do you have your backup plan of Avengers on standby? What about your tech? Does Fury not recognize the skin that Gravik is wearing, the first human he killed on a mission to impress his then hero, Fury, who had promised him the title of the episode, Home. Pete, there you are, mouthpiece of the studios, skipping over the line that was either meager scraps sent to We the Faithful or a, a, a teasing jaunt. Uh, Gravik saying yes, as you mentioned, Pete. You know, are we going to see the Avengers? Will you be saved by your invisible cloak and shield, Pete? I look. I know that we've we've had a bit of fun with the Quake Watch and all of that. 
I genuinely, and in an episode that maybe did not knock my socks off, I genuinely at first was like, hey, that's an oblique reference to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's an oblique reference to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I kind of took that, in all sincerity, I took that as a little bit of a shot against we, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. faithful, there for seven seasons, there for the start of Marvel television. Uh, so that's how I feel, Pete, and Gravit can't take it away from me tremors matt it's all connected uh it, we are indeed told how graphic wanted to do uh his very best for his hero for fury even when he was sent to kill a man a man who had a wife and children yes this man was misguided gravic killed him because of fury killed so many people gravic calls talos weak a weak leader uh and he calls fury in in what's some of the best dialogue of the entire series he calls fury a pimp who used the scrolls and then threw them away uh all of this anger is because of fury uh and gravik says you should have kept your promises he's gonna kill fury and take a flamethrower to humanity over that promise broken and fury admits he failed and tells Gravik, it's easier to save 8 billion than change their hearts and minds. And then the blip came and he felt relief as he turned to dust that he wouldn't have to fight anymore. At the hospital, Scrody arms up and back at New Skrullos, Fury tells Gravik he came back to Earth for him, the youngest Skrull he felt responsible for lights flicker in the hospital and more agents drop as the president is put in an elevator and fury produces the harvest vial of carol danvers dna along with the avengers that gravik's team collected so he can take it uh his powers and go wipe out another species to leave Earth alone, and Gravik accepts the vial. And walks, leaving Fury coughing. Uh, back at the hospital, Ritson has been given a gun. Pete, I suspect... He demanded a gun, Matt. <laughs> and boy, later is he going to really, really, really think about firing it. Um I'm going to assume that it is narrative convenience that the president of the United States is not more comprehensively guarded um, slash it's the MCU. So the rules are slightly different, that sort of thing. It, 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 I, I guess, which is a long way of saying it strikes me as vaguely impossible that the president could be on the mend from such a serious thing. And it's not like the entire hospital is under lockdown or the floor below and his floor and the floor above all have, you know, the Marines or that again, there's a certain level where it's narrative convenience. And I, I'll, I'll accept that fully, but um, intercut with our two intercuts already, Pete, we see uh, a general, uh, an officer and troops meeting paper orders, transferred classified information. Uh, we'll learn a little bit that that is indeed the third, the third, uh, leg of the stool here it is the the nuclear strike aspect of things uh but we go back to fury falling apart 
as he watches Gravik use, well, first test the sample. It is pure, and the harvest machine starts to power up. Pete, what is that machine showing us? In the machine, Matt, that I refer to as a science microwave, we get the following DNA name checked. Are you ready? I'm ready. I got them all. Ghost, Captain America, Corvus Glaive, Thanos, Outrider, Proxima Midnight, Captain Marvel, Abomination, Mantis, Colobsinian, Drax, Korg, Ebony Maw, Frost Beast, Hulk, Chitauri, Valkyrie, Thor Odinson, Gamora, Flora Colossus, and Winter Soldier. Which means that by the time this episode ends, if you thought there already was a problem with Captain Marvel being way overpowered compared to everybody else, now you have a new person who's ultra, ultra powered, and I'm sure that's going to be dealt with in the next possible story opportunity. Uh, Pete, we go back to the hospital where Sonia has a gun in Rhodey's face. And we're de- Pete, we're just cross-cutting like it's nobody's business. This we're could be... like um, vintage Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Matt. You read my mind there. Do you maybe have a mind-reading person there? Who, maybe Mantis action, Mantis powers yourself. Um, Fury still coughing, the harvest machine powering up. Uh, and as it does its power-up thing to the um, perimeter of it, he and Gravik are both in the light, which of course is going to lead to us being completely surprised when they both are powered up by the thing, which is powering up creatures inside the light. So I'm a little confused there why the show is supposed to razzle-dazzle me later when clearly they're both in the Harvest Machine light extravaganza. But I digress. President is confused about Sonya with a gun to Scrody as the machine stops with a ripped Gravik in his skin, tossing Fury and preparing for the death blow when he catches it and Hulk hands him out into a smokestack. Fury changes back into Gaia. Uh, that is because real fury, it is now revealed, is darting the agents at the hospital. Uh, and real fury explains that Rhodey is the actual threat. Back to Gaia, she says the graphic is failing and weak. Uh, and then it's time for them to have an equally powered fight. Just one is a goodie and one is a baddie. Pete, it's a Marvel classic. You may recall that such finales were somewhat uh made fun of in the she-hulk finale that said this is a boring way to end things when similarly powered people have a fight in an open space um but we have all sorts of flashes of uh, of different power and textures we got some rock we got some wood we got some ice we got some muscle it's just pete it's just a loud mix of a bunch of different things that have been put together here and we can say hooray the marvel He abominations up while she draws a Drax arm. He tosses a car and she ghosts it. It's ice versus stone there until we're back at the hospital where Fury tells the Prez, Rhodey is a Skrull. And if he doesn't call off the strike, he will kill the real 
Rhodey, along with some of the world's greatest minds. Rebels have kidnapped dozens of the world's officials and have them in pods beneath the Skrull compound. Nuke that, you nuke them, but Scrody denies this and Gravik, Ebony Maws, Gaia with magic away from him. Pete, I'm glad you mentioned that the originals are in the Skrull compound. I mean, look, obviously we can infer that the basement area of the Skrull compound is not radioactive because then these people would have died, you know, they would have died. Uh, and of course, you know, since the compound in general is radioactive, it's not like we're going to see these people just wander on out of there later on with no ill effects uh, because it's really, really important that the scroll compound a is the only place where these world leaders are and B is very radioactive. That's why humans have stayed away. Um, indeed, we, we also have the missiles starting to prep launching, Throughout all this, I did kind of wonder why Sonya just didn't shoot Rhodey. Again, maybe it's just narrative convenience. Um, back at the Gaia Gravic fight, we're seeing some Captain Marvel energy. There's some people up on actors up on on uh, ropes behind the, in front of a green screen. They're twisting and they're turning. They choke each other. However, Gaia uses her Mantis powers to put Gravic to sleep, presumably winning. Uh, although when we return to the fight, that might not be the case, but Pete, take us back to Sonia, etc. She asks the president what he has to lose as Fury steps over darted agents, telling him to delay the strike and Gravik taunts Gaia that she's just like her loser father when she blows a hole through him with her Captain Marvel. DNA and ends the fight back to the hospital. There are guns twisting and turning uh, fury shoots Scrody dead without Ritson wants a phone uh, back at the compound. Gaia is turning off computers. She's also turning off the pod mechanism, which is keeping the abducted in place. There's so many familiar faces. Look, Pete, there's the one European person and the uh, other names for you. <laughs> tell me them all, Pete. Tell me them all, including Raheel Rahodi. Dr. Rosa Dalton. Vasily uh, Propition. Uh, a hospital gowned Rhodey that Gaia has to physically hold up lest he fall over. Next to him, uh, in a blink and you'll miss it moment, Everett Ross, who even gets a line of dialogue. How long have you been here, Colonel Rhodes? Which, of course, we'll chew over in the next segment. Uh, but he's told he's been a hostage for a long time. There's even soon to be uh, murdered UK Prime Minister Pamela Lawton. Uh, all of them helped away, as you mentioned before, apparently unaffected by the radiation that uh faux fury was taking pills for plus the army is there to help them pete refresh my memory what country is the is this in russia okay so it's like the russian army that's just helping them as one does this pete, this is in no way a reshoot scene thank you very much 
quickly put together to solve story problems. Uh, back to Ritson, he notes that terrorists attacked him and they were scrolls. Uh, he's going to be presenting a, a bill to Congress that uh, ultimately will designate all off-world species as enemy combatants. If found, they will be killed. Uh, so, Pete, the rhetoric certainly being fired up here. But, Pete, take us, take us to the Fury home, won't you? Fury finds Priscilla in their shattered home and apologizes for not being there. He knows she can take care of herself she shouldn't have to she knows who she is when he's not there but wonders if he fell in love with her or the face she assumed he tells her he loves her and is there to ask for one last chance he's leaving that night and she guesses this is goodbye if she can find a way to forgive him she knows where to find him we cut to Gaia on foot, being followed by a car, which she notes. She turns a corner, then she's facing Sonia. Sonia is not there to fight. Sonia notes that the scrolls need a leader. That's right, Pete. Sonia, the noted anti-scrollist, is here to, to build a bridge with Gaia. Uh, they need resources in order to fight Ritson. Uh, Sonia's doing this to make sure that the mistakes of Talos and Fury won't be repeated together. Sonia and Gaia will make sure the planet is safe for all. Pete setting up the spinoff called. I don't know yet. Uh, we'll talk about where their trajectory lies, but a far more practical alliance here. They will use each other to make the planet safe for both their people. Carr moves through a darkened forest, and then the president receives a call from Fury, who they were both relieved uh, the situation in the hospital ended the way it did. But then Fury watched the president's hateful ass speech. Indeed, intercut is Sonia finding uh, other scroll human swaps. Uh, Fury notes that this behavior out of Ritson is one-term president stuff. You see, Pete, that's because they know who the next president is going to be when we see the movie that they're not making right now because of Strike. It's it's all connected. Um, vigilantes are killing scrolls and humans alike. Ritson says there's only one way this ends, get the scrolls off the planet. Uh, with that... Fury, Fury looks shaken and walks into the mist, uh, ready to return to that space station. But wait, Pete, another car is here. Who's in it? It is Priscilla. He tells her he just wants peace, and she just wants to be called by her birth name of Vara. But there's good news from Saber. The Kree say they're open to peace talks with the Skrulls, uh, that reminds her of an old joke. What do scrolls call good luck? Bad luck. But he tells her it's a good thing, this opening with the Cree, and he needs her help with this peace summit as the best diplomat the scrolls ever had. He's sick of his way, and he's better with her, and asks her to come with him. 
she'll help him get started and then must return because of all her work being on Earth and definitely nothing to do with the Marvels. Pete, she takes her scrawl form. She loves him as she is. They kiss. They walk to the ship together. We fade to white, going to the credits. But wait, there's more. It's Disney Plus telling me to watch Captain Marvel, which is not a secret scene. Time to analyze the fallout from this episode. Matt, you have a theory. I do. Okay. A common practice uh, in the post-COVID restart for TV shows was to axe an episode. You saw this, for example, with uh, Succession, nine episodes instead of the regular ten. Many, many shows just axe an episode along the way. Um and I don't think that's even necessarily, you know, because bad studios, as you're figuring out the costs, the slowdown and so forth with, you know, post-COVID safety and all of that, that was the solution. Um, Marvel shows are only six episodes, except for the one that comes out in uh, November, is rumored to have just be five episodes. Anyhow, but I digress, Pete. You can't really axe a whole episode out of these you know mcu shows that are nothing but lengthy movies but pete let's return to the idea that most of these shows run about 300 minutes uh this show runs uh you know when you when you remove the credits when you remove the previously on when you remove the you know all of that this show ran about 250 260 minutes so i'd like to propose that somewhere along the way um and let's not forget, too, the shot for seven months, then it did six weeks of reshoots. I would like to propose that somewhere along the way, an episode's worth of story was excised, not, you know, episode five or episode six type stuff, but scenes along the way were removed. So if here we are at the very end saying, I do not feel completely energized by the journey that you went on, maybe that's because pieces of the journey were taken out along the way. I wouldn't rule it out, Matt. Um I don't think we're as down on this as some are. Um, but I'd be lying if I said this was Marvel Studios TV's best work to this point. I also, I would like to propose that maybe in either a cost-cutting removal of scenes, or again, let me just state it. I know I've said it a couple times. Let me state it again because it's so shocking. This show shot for seven months as part of its main shoot, maybe in there two, three, even four weeks were off for the, you know, the holiday season. So let's call it six months, six months for six episodes. Then they still went back and did six to eight weeks of reshoots. Um, so this still was seven plus months to come up with six episodes that ran 54 minutes, 57, 43 37, 38, and 37. The second half of this show, episodes four, five, and six, when you remove the previously on, when you remove the title card, when you remove the end credits, these are basically fat half hour episodes, um, which to me as a product, uh, you know, as somebody who's, who's buying the product here, they better be really, really great half hours. And I don't know that episodes four, five, and six were that. 
So we call out Carol Danvers three times within this series. No pop-up, no secret scene. Yes, they had repurposed some uh, footage from the Marvels for a secret scene at the end of Ms. Marvel of Carol Danvers. Um, but was it false advertising? Um, look, either Marvel TV shows, MCU TV shows, either they are dalliances in between the movies or I, which is to say they're they're trailing off of one movie or they're the they're the lead up to another uh or they are important stories in their own right and i think you know the highest high for mcu tv has been wandavision emmy nominations wonderful story journey and so forth that's a complete show beginning middle and end asterisk i think of when we went to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and I think of the young woman dressed up as Scarlet Witch there, who I don't think was anticipating that Scarlet Witch was going to be the unquestionable villain of Multiverse of Madness and end at least that movie with being so bad that she dies. And yes, there's possibilities for Multiverse, et cetera, et cetera. But which I guess is a, is a way of saying as great as WandaVision is, is it a bit of a dalliance off of the the quote-unquote main course of scarlet witch sad at end of avengers scarlet witch revenge at next doctor strange movie add to that pete i know like i said last week bob Iger was the villain of hollywood for his quotes about the strike um i can't help but look at his quote from two weeks ago quote marvel's a great example of that of some of the the too much making too much continuing the quote it had not been in the television business in any significant level and not only did they increase their movie output but they ended up making a number of tv series frankly it diluted focus and attention i couldn't help but think of that quote when we got to the end of this show saying so is this a springboard to the marvels with what fury is up in a station guess what that's where the last movie that he was in left him um does it springboard me towards other interesting and amazing characters Eh. i guess there's the gaia sonia thing i'm all for hey that line of you know the subtext is the boys fury and uh talos messed it up let's let the let's let the ladies fix things hey i'm here for that message where are you making that movie? Because it's not an announced TV show and it's not an announced movie. So where are you making that story? Do they somehow affect the narrative of uh, the Thunderbolts? Um, could they? Sure. And it's not necessarily the responsibility of this show, its director, its writers, um, its creation, its creative cycle. It's not their responsibility to hedge against uh, a strike that at the conclusion of filming was probably a year plus away. But as I've said before, one of my problem with the these MCU connections lately is that it asks you to really stay invested in a connection that happened two, three years ago. So if you're telling me, look out for Thunderbolts, which in the real world is not being filmed right now and does not have a solid release date pending these strikes fine i'll be excited when they show up there and women are there to save the day and that's an awesome message like if that's if that's what's gonna happen in thunderbolts great if i remember it in two years 
all this DNA, Matt, we talk about Avengers, okay? Um, is Ghost an Avenger? <sighs> um, if they want... Was Ghost, Ghost even at the Battle of Earth? I, I I can understand it, Matt. We may not have seen her, <laughs> um, but like, all right. I I get that you have the uh, the Black Order, right? You know, they they even had Thanos DNA. Okay, super strength, right? They had uh, Outrider DNA. Those are of course the uh, uh, Thanos minions. Um, but yeah, Ghost was an interesting uh, throw in there because, um, wait, I'm looking. Not fair. I mean, does it tip the hand? You know, Ghost is in Thunderbolts. And if you're telling me that the actress has a three to five movie contract and the, the plan is, as with all the Thunderbolts, they're baddies that become goodies. There's some sort of squad prepared to have the suicide but then they're good guys at the other end that we all love like if you're telling me the ghost and the other uh thunderbolts are avengers in training uh not within the narrative of the story but like when we get to the avengers films towards the end of this decade that they will be avengers too i'm totally cool with that but to your point i think pete she's not an avenger now and if they have if just because corporate has plans for her to become one doesn't mean that she's necessarily should be on that list if you're going to call it Avengers. You know, if you want to say powered people or whatever, Pete. It, 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 if nothing else, I think it's speaking to the sloppiness that we're all picking up on uh, in this finale. Slash, maybe it's more than just this episode. Not sloppiness, but really narrative convenience. Rhodey helped out, wearing a hospital gown. All sorts of people are, oh, what? It, he's, he's been paralyzed this whole time. Does he even know that Tony is dead? Uh, how long has he been a hostage? Uh, Everett Ross even asks. Um, of course, the showrunner has spoken a little bit about this. We'll dive into that in earnest next week. But I think it's, it's really open-ended. Well, and you know, I'm reminded of quotes from people connected to the show, whether it's Feige, whether it's the showrunner, whether it's uh, the director, kind of like, yeah, people are really going to have a lot to noodle over. Okay, all I can say is, in my mind, the rule for Hollywood, post-Sopranos, uh, certainly, post-Lost to a certain degree, you need to hammer stuff home in a finale. In a finale, I don't think it's a compelling thing to go. When it, let's go back and rewatch stuff. When was he like? No, just kind of tell me because emotionally, and fine, Pete. Maybe I sound a little less thrilled with this than with other shows, but you know, the average audience member emotionally is drawing down at the end of the emotional journey that is a a series. Um, and I don't want to go back and sit and go when when he talks to Falcon. Is he? Isn't he? What is this? What is that? Um, so to me, that's not a fun game to play, even though I think they are saying, oh, the fans are going to love playing this game. And I think without 
telling us it's a guessing game as to when it was. I mean, other than, all right, if you're going to be definitive and say he was swapped out in the hospital after they brought him there in Germany and suddenly he became a scroll. And even then that gives Scrody, if that's the case, quite, quite an arc. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they return to that armor wars remains on the table, but obviously not filming right now. Um, not writing. So we'll have to wait on that. Similarly. So Matt, but nowhere near as long, um, a tale, uh, Everett Ross. How long was he there? What were the events of, Wakanda forever through the eyes of a scroll rescued by a Koye. I think too, it, let me this way. Do I think they are going to do a whole lot with that? I suspect not. Okay. But there's armor wars coming. So that can be an opportunity to answer it. Yeah. I guess armor wars that what was a movie, then a show or then a show. Now it's a movie. Like, I feel like there's a muddiness that's e that even separate from the strike situation. Um, and I, I would further say, I would really be interested to know, and you know, maybe this is an unfair question because every show, every movie does reshoots and tweaking and the whole nine yards, but I would be interested to know how much of the reshoot process uh, was for this finale. I mean, I felt like, I felt like Pete, we were, if we wanted to get to 32 minutes of actual new footage in this episode, I felt like there was at least 45 seconds of fury, fine fake fury, but fury coughing in the radiation. And there must have been a good 30 seconds of Ritson. Will you shoot here? Will you shoot there? Will you shoot here? Will you shoot there? Will you shoot here? Will oh my goodness. Like, I felt like this, again, separate from whatever concerns I might have about the narrative in this episode, I felt like you could sense the editor being told nope make it longer make it long well, i can only show me i'll, I'll call five more times six more times that sort of thing do i think we're going to find out where the reshoots were and how they how that all happened are we going to find out oh yeah they did remove 45 pages of story from the script before it was shot um i don't know i i guess i have a hard time believing i mean look it if this is shorter than the average Marvel show for cost-saving purposes, then it would have been cut in the script stage, not the filming stage. But to further think, Pete, that they went back and did reshoots, which is replacing stuff that didn't work after they shot for six to seven months previously in order to give us 90 minutes of new footage in the last three weeks total, I kind of don't get it. Um, I don't get it. A one-term president, Matt, became a racist. Um, or maybe he was racist all along. Uh -oh. And it was only under the spotlight of the presidency that more people started to figure that out. Um, I will say this. We are in the theories segment with the knowledge that there's... Maybe I won't spoil it completely, Pete, but there's a new character, a new old character as president with a new old actor playing a dearly departed, you know, taking over for a dearly departed actor uh, as president in an upcoming Marvel film. Um, 
when they saw oh, this is one term president stuff, it kind of was like I was doing the low energy Leo points at the screen. <laughs> I know what that is. That's because there's a new president coming and I'm played by an iconic actor playing in a character who's one of the oldest characters in the MCU. And look, we've set that up here. So we get kind of passing. We get to look forward, Pete, to a line in Thunderbolts where somebody says, talk like that is why Ritson was a one-term president. Quite a bit setting up the Marvels at the end of this show. Um, except one thing that doesn't quite square and we can chew that over. Obviously, they go up to Saber at the end. We get it name checked that the Cree, okay, want peace with the Skrulls, which we will both see in the Marvels. Um, told by Vera, yeah, I'm going to help get you started and I'm going to leave, so I won't be in that movie. Uh, but where does Maria Hill, Matt, where does Kobe Smulders, who is in the Marvels and was not a special guest star in this episode, factor in um a couple of thoughts first is here's like a worst case scenario and i'm looking up the marvels filming dates right now could it be that they filmed the marvels before this show and therefore there was a mistake baked in let's see um yes filming was done uh samuel L. jackson was in the uk for the marvels and then that rolled over into secret invasion so i guess enough time where you enough time where we can say it's probably not a continuity thing therefore i guess we can assume probably it's uh probably she's in flashbacks because there's no would you agree, Pete, that narratively there's no way that a scroll is going to look like Maria Hill, seeing as how this show told us breaking news across all the newses across all the world at the top of the hour, said Scrody in episode five. Everybody has the story of Nick Fury shooting Maria Hill, right? So the Maria Hill face is now no longer one that you can pretend to be right so that's in no way going to be us in november and they go i'm going to pretend to be maria hill and we're not going to have this moment where i look at you and go what the freak the story told us this wasn't possible and you guys really are just being lazy and taking your eye off the ball so pete what is the answer it is the misinformation campaign well, we wanted it out there that she was in that movie because she's not really in that movie because we killed her in this show. Um, I mean, I don't hate that as a possibility. I feel like that's a big ask. It's a big ask of a person being like, hey, you're in the next movie. Yes, I am an actor in the next movie of Marvel to then be told later on like oh yeah no that was i mean you know it's one thing when andrew garfield is doing press for click click boom or whatever it's called and people want to nonetheless ask him spider-man questions that is what that is that's people asking questions when they're interviewing him the reverse of like oh and like oh andrew we're gonna pay you to lie right wink wink um that's a lot different than hey we're gonna pay you for a job you didn't do so i i i i don't know I feel like some of these answers are answers that we 
answers that lean towards mistakes have been made again in the MCU. Mistakes have been made in the production, which I'm not trying to pile on here. And I'm not trying to say I'm down on the MCU. I want you to get it right. And I hope that they're getting everything right here. Pete, one more theory of note here. Today, we note the passing of the hope, the dream. We note the end of Quake Watch 2023. The promise left unfulfilled. Quake did not save us this day, nor Melinda May, nor Phil Coulson. Uh, The dream has been left behind. Matt, all these supposed leakers that charged people for their Patreon pages to tell them Chloe Bennett would reprise the role from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of Daisy Johnson, Quake, and it never happened. Boy, I gotta wonder, can you get a refund? Pete, we know from our own Patreon and from our our experiences, I won't quite say behind the scenes, but look, here's the reality. Patreon wants creators like us to encourage people to give at higher and higher levels, to incentivize greater good, uh, you know, greater giving and all of that. We don't do that. We appreciate help in any form. Uh, this podcast, these podcasts are not our source of income. It, we ask for some help just to cover the costs. And we don't play games with our Patreon, period. And it's, it's upsetting to think that there's creators out there that uh, that did play games like that with the promise, the guarantee of beloved characters returning merely to fleece people. Months out, episode to episode, goalposts moved, Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's right that people did this and, and get this, uh, you know, elevated status that... Uh, you know, they know they have their fingers on the pulse of the MCU and collect money from uh, people to be wrong. But until the next Quake Watch, this is your correspondent, Pete, signing off. received several communiques from our field agents. Let's see what they had to say. Pete, on what we are still calling Twitter, okay, people were asked to vote which item on the menu best describes the final episode. Pete, I'm going to start from top to bottom for reasons that I dare say will be clear as we go through. The 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 the, the most enthusiastic vote, tip-top filet mignon, that got 10%. Next, Terrific Taco, 22.5%. Next, Satisfying Burger, 17.5%. Pete, the lowest rung, It's a Soup Sandwich, got 50%. Uh, I can say via estimation and unscientifically that this is probably the lowest voted episode of something which we have uh, covered in a podcast and had a Twitter poll. I know there's been review bombing that's 
That's been a thing with Marvel for a long time. But what also keeps it real, Matt, is that our listeners are not going to artificially pump up something that, again, is not Marvel's best. And this feels and smells and sounds like it. And uh, yeah, it's it's not WandaVision. It's not Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's not Loki. Uh, I don't know that it's the bottom of the bottom, um, but I think people recognize it for what it is. Let's hear some tweets. First one, Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139. When it ended, my first thought was, that's it? That's all? This finale was the most lettonous, down, reset buttonist, ridiculously disappointing TV series ever made by Marvel for Disney+. Plus. Wow. Samuel L. Jackson deserved better for his iconic portrayal of Nick Fury. Maria Hill deserved better. Talos deserved better. The Super Scroll conceptualization deserved better. Here's hoping the Marvels and or Armor Wars can redeem this underwhelming, forgettable story. Ouch. Next. Ouch, indeed. <laughs> Uh, next tweet from Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo in 1983. This episode should have had to be continued tacked on to the end. Another great dialogue episode, but I wanted more. Lots of questions that need to be answered. How long were Rhodey and Ross scrolls? What will Gaia and Sonya be up to? What is the overall impact of Ritson's speech? This show will have big impacts on the next set of movies. Um. It is interesting to think, and I'm not disagreeing with either uh, Spider-Ham Lincoln or Andre here. It'll be interesting to think if the conclusion of this story happens in the Marvels. Like if we're going to walk out of the Marvels going, and it was great seeing how Nick Fury gave the speech at the presidential debate and how President Ritson was shamed and next president of the United States in the MCU won't say his name here um, was like, and that's why I'm open to all people. And it was a great moment. Like it'll be interesting if emotionally we get the resolution in November, not from this show. Pete, we hear from major Noel Gardner at Noel Camille. This episode felt like some things were removed. I have questions about the science, even for the MCU. If the Marvels were coming out in a day, I may not be starving for more, but I think some of these stories won't be finished until way later. Later, Gaia is now way overpowered. How will they find a way to sideline her? Cough like Carol, cough. The dialogue one-on-one scene was still top-notch. I need Sonya Fallsworth in Brave New World or Thunderbolts. Um, yeah, I think those are great actor character pickups let's see what they do with them next uh pete we hear from at steve thurbridge who says at its core the secret invasion storyline begs to be more wide-ranging not standalone poor ratio of questions answer uh, raised to answered wonderful dialogue yes gaia as super scroll we'll see but i can't wait for sonia fallsworth versus contessa valentina allegra de fontaine uh agree that those two need to appear on screen in Thunderbolts. Next, we hear from Prodigy Deserve Better at KCLYLE1 on Twitter. Given what the story was, I was satisfied with the finale, and I'll uh, I'll rewatch as a movie before too long. The final Gaia graphic fight was cool, and the a little Fury switches were great. Sonya continued to shine. Now, will we find 
out just how long Rhodey and Ross were held. If we don't see Sonya and Gaia someplace else in the MCU, it will be a fireable offense. Pete, that the most glowing tweet we've gotten, and even with that, the 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 threat of if you don't use it properly, then uh, KCLYLE1 will be upset. You didn't go out and get Olivia Coleman and uh, Amelia Clark to not use them again. We knew the Amelia Clark misdirection in between that she was going to return. Um, there's footage of Amelia Clark from promotional stuff that didn't appear in the show. Um, lending to your theory, Matt, some stuff got cut down, um, which, which happens. Uh, usually Marvel's a little bit better about putting stuff and even then, you know, the the Hulk in uh, Hulk form in Wakanda in Infinity War misdirection and all that. Uh, yeah, I just wonder where the landing spot is for Sonya and Gaia. Is it Armor Wars? Is there a yet to be announced uh, production where they will appear? But they'll be back. And, and that's great. Uh, you know, I love the idea that they could go up against um valentina i'm you know we we've periodically compared the different franchises and i'll say i'll say this for the star wars tv shows some of them unambiguously end you know even if the characters are continuing like how does obi-wan kenobi spend the next 10 or 15 years how much more time does he spend with qui-gon his story continues but if they never return to that character again in live action, you've had a beginning, middle, end. Um, ditto for Andor insofar as, you know, they're never going back to the prison planet, at least I would assume. Like, there are certain things where beginning, middle, end, end has happened, even though the character's life continues. Marvel perpetually does not do that. Um, but anyhow, Pete, back to Twitter here. Uh, we hear from Ben Larson or at Larson Ben. It was good, but lacked any sort of big moment like Wanda getting the upper hand on Agatha, Clint and Kate fighting side by side, Kamala and the community standing against the damage control. Instead, we get Gaia becoming Avengers Voltron then more question, uh, and more questions than answers. No mention of Maria Hill, barely a mention of Talos and how our characters are handling their deaths or anyone even acknowledging their sacrifices. It felt like someone hit the upload button too fast and forgot the last 25 minutes of the episode. That's, that's coolly stated, but maybe the harshest one yet. Are we here, Pete? Listeners just keep it real. I, yeah. They, they get it. We hear from at Diana Bodenberg, who says it was okay. I agree with everyone that it left something to be desired. Hopefully, questions will be answered eventually. I like that Priscilla Vara went back to her original scroll self at the end. Hope we get to see what happens to Fuvara in the future. It's uh, pity they couldn't sell this show as what it was a, a real peek into who Nick Fury was and his wife and their relationship. Like that doesn't sell secret invasion. It doesn't scream secret invasion. And okay. It's the shock of he was married to uh, an alien all along, but yeah, it's a, it's a pity they couldn't sell it. I mean, maybe we'll see some kind of 
now that it's all done and they have a different poster and everything like that. It'd be interesting if somebody could like recut footage from it and make it like a, a rom-com or a meet cute or something like that. She's a scroll. He's an eye patched super uh, spy. Can it work? Secret <sighs> invasion into your heart. <sighs> Last tweet, Pete, comes from at BikeBRH, who says, This was just okay. I wasn't fooled for a minute that Fury was in Russia, though. Gravik was just one of their worst villains. He was uncharismatic and not that smart, and it made no sense to me that he developed a following. I put this above only What If, Inhumans, and Iron Fist. Also, how does Rhodey have that much power and still is only a colonel? General are uh, generals are as common as dirt in the military. There are over 900 of them. You can't tell me that the president's top military advisor is only a colonel. He's been a colonel for 10 years in the military. <laughs> it's either up or out. If you are a colonel for 10 years, you are uh, unsubtly being told to retire. Pete, I don't, I, I don't have the military knowledge to back up what Bike BRH is saying, but it makes a, a ton of sense here, a ton, a ton of sense. And think how, Pete, we've done it. With Noel Gardner and her her fantastic geek bestowal of Captain Noel Gardner to Major Noel Gardner, she's gotten more promotions from <laughs> us than Rhodey has gotten from his within his world, real world military organization. Excellent, excellent thought and criticism here from Bike BRH. Uh, let me just address Gravik. Um, no fault of Kingsley. Benadir, who's having a real moment right now between this, between Barbie, which I have not seen just yet. Um, but I I thought particularly well acted in the reactor scene here, the um, the pathos of the character. I, I think it was on the page really with Gravik and ultimately the arc he was given as opposed to the way it was acted. Pete, to the inbox email we go. We hear from Jack, who says, Hi, Matt and Pete. I've been listening to you guys since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. days, and thoroughly enjoy your podcast of the various shows on Disney. I don't normally write in, but I felt like I had to, as I was pretty disappointed with the season finale of Secret Invasion, probably a series finale. Let me go through the list. Fury called Sony at the end of Episode 5. You guys were expecting him to call someone important in the MCU, like Sam Wilson. Uh, or someone not important, like Sam's helper guy, but Fury called Sonya and Gaia, but they never had a scene together in episode six. As excellent as Olivia Coleman is, I was really expecting someone that will help connect the series to some other series or upcoming movies. Uh, Gaia, next bullet here. Gaia pretending to be Fury was so predictable. I guess they wanted to pay off the season finale with some huge battle, but the effects, the duration, the stakes, it was just very lacking. It was cool to see two Super Scrolls fight with the various Avenger powers, but only Carol Danvers and Mantis's powers were most notable in the fight. It was just too short and pretty much forgettable. Next bullet. The confrontation between Scrolldy. Uh, and Fury and Sonya completely lacked tension. If Fury had just shot Scroldy in the head, showing all that purple blood, sooner uh, and, and sooner instead of trying to convince Ritson, could have cut the episode five minutes shorter. Or they could have made the Super Scrolls fight longer, but CGI is expensive, uh, as joked about in She-Hulk. Next bullet, Ritson went from a relatively normal and bland president to a dictator that is looking to commit genocide against the Scrolls overnight. Seems completely out of character, but his character wasn't fully developed to begin with. There's a short conversation he had with Fury 
After he announced it on TV, where he asks Fury to get the scrolls off Earth, but Fury does nothing about it. This felt like it could have been an end credit scene, but it would have made sense if Fury is on Saber. No cell phone service, and Fury is like a different person on Saber. Gaia and Sonya working together like Fury and Talos did. Why did Gaia agree to that? This is so out of character, uh, how she felt her dad failed her people. Why not just go to another planet, minus killing the population of another planet, and settle there as Gaia, uh, as Gaia, Fury said to Gravik before Gravik got her uh, superpowers. Also, what is the scene where Gaia and Sonya discover all these people were in pods from the English with audio description about this is lost level confusion, adding, adding new things that will never be resolved. Last bullet. There's no end credit scene. Not even one little about saber to help set up the Marvels in November. Heck I would have taken Nick Fury will be back in the Marvels, but I would have needed something more in the credits. She-Hulk had animated artworks. Loki had scenes of tech and backdrops of the TVA, which Secret Invasion never had. How much did it cost to make this show? Uh, I will write in before your wrap-up episode to bring up more issues uh, I have with the series overall, killing off Maria Hill. Besides the first and last episode, there were some enjoyable moments, but this is by far the worst Marvel TV show. I actually like Inhumans more, Jack says. Maybe this is just a hot take after finishing episode six, but I'll let you guys know in a week. Stay fantastic. That from Jack in NYC. Pete, I have to say, I had I have wondered in the last couple of days. Look, Inhumans, I, I think Inhumans is he a said worse the I word. <laughs> I think Inhumans is a worse show, but since it broke me and broke us, and we spent <laughs> podcast time just goofing on the ridiculousness of the pot farmer subplot. It didn't break us at all. I, I had <laughs> Pete, look, a long time ago, you told me when we're down on episodes, we can intellectually discuss why but we're never going to poop on episodes because a that's not what we do and b there might be some listeners out there who really love it so let's have a discussion in humans we gave up on and we just said we're just going to make fun of this when it's so ridiculous but to bring it back to jack's thing here i may have enjoyed the ridiculousness of inhumans going completely off the rails more than this i don't know i think they had noble aims I really do. Um, interesting that Jack says Fury was on the phone with Sonya. I've had people tell me on social media, I don't understand why you don't realize he called Gravik at the end of that episode. It It's never resolved who he called. Hey, at the end of the day, that's part of the edit. Uh, another email, Pete, this one from Steve Adams. This finale felt rushed. Maybe that was due to the pace of the story, but it felt rushed. Gravik's final defeat seemed easy. It was nice to get the coda at the end, but there was plenty of room for a little bit more of story leading to that. I think there's more to Ritson than we have been led to believe. What is his ulterior motive? What are Sonya and Gaia up to? There are way too many questions, and I'm not sure when or where we will get the answers. I look forward to your thoughts, and as always, stay fantastic. Pete, that from Steve, who at the very least, is showing confidence that we will get answers. Uh, I'm not quite sure where I feel at the moment. Pete, what other feedback do you have on your end? Matt, we have a, an Apple podcast review left by Coach Pritch. Five stars. The uh, headline is, The AOS OGs continue to deliver. 
and it reads, Matt and Pete are the only pop culture fellow dorks I listen to for all my MCU and Star Wars needs. These guys have been consistently doing this game for a long time, and it shows another fantastic with a PH effort, boys. Thank you. Thank you, Coach, for those kind words. So very appreciated. As is the support of those who go to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek, helping keep us listener supported as we wrap up this show, as we look ahead to Ahsoka, as we continue to podcast Strange New Worlds and have a jolly time doing it. Every contributor gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels uh, to uh, choose from, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you in that door. Can't contribute right now. Be like Coach Pritch. Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Helps us immeasurably. And Pete, let's keep the overall conversation going here. Still going to be doing a season slash series wrap for Secret Invasion next week. As I said, ongoing Star Trek counting down to Ahsoka. So how can people be in touch with you? Speaking of counting down, Matt, on the uh, app formerly known as Twitter, you can find me uh, as uh, at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. You can find me on threads the same on formerly known as Twitter, 12,000. 705 followers can't be wrong and while i'm personally on twitter is looking back lost do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com check us out on twitter instagram gmail and threads where we are fantastic geek as well but wait pete there's more facebook.com slash fantastic geek with a ph all one word like it today we are back tomorrow for star trek sunday where we will be talking about a surprisingly mature and dark episode given the frivolity of the last two weeks uh, and i'm looking forward to that discussion uh, otherwise of course back next saturday to wrap up secret invasion with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word no buts just yours back into the hallway mm-hmm.